Hey, you guys, welcome back to another episode of Have You Not Heard? I am Angel H. Davis, and I am your host. And today we have the great privilege of having Mark Schletzky back with us. He was on our podcast in April talking about the anchor prayer. It's uh, episode number 87. If you haven't listened to it, please go back and listen to it. It's a powerful prayer, really easy prayer to memorize and have in your prayer arsenal. Uh, Today, we're going to be talking about his upcoming new book, Journaling for Spiritual Growth. It is coming out next week. And if you hang in to the end of the podcast, I will give you his pre-release promotional information. It's awesome. So without further ado, here is Mark. Well, Mark, thanks so much for coming back on the podcast. I am super excited to talk about your new book, Journaling for Spiritual Growth. And we're going to talk about the subtitle in a minute. Um, So I've had the privilege of glancing at it um, before it's um, being published. And one of the things that stands out to me is the fact that you give real concrete direction, yet it's a grace-led experience. So I love that about your book. Mm, mm, That's good. That's good. Well, thank you so much for having this conversation with me and being interested in this little book and what it might be able to offer people. Uh, that that thing you you bring up is really essential to me. You know, mm-hmm. I'm I'm a, a person who was raised in the church, uh, grew up in a fairly um, you know conservative, rigorous uh, church tradition, and I have learned the hard way over many many years that um, spiritual practices, when they are viewed through a lens of requirement or obligation or performance or uh, a desire to try and generate a sense of value, uh, those motivations undermine the spiritual practice Mm. and they end up it ends up creating something different than what you want. And, and I think that there's two consequences. One is that, um, you, you know, you, you grow, you get better at things that you do over and over again, but when you're doing them over and over again, from some kind of obligation or fear or desire to perform, to create your identity, then the thing you're actually practicing is artificial. You're practicing Mm. appearing to be something Mm -hmm. and you do get better at that, but that's not good. (laughs) Right. Right. That separates you from who you authentically are. And then the other consequence is that, um, you know, that kind of environment for most people tends to not be able to be sustained. Mm. I, I think that most people that have a desire to to engage in some spiritual practice have had the experience of, of, of trying something, having an idea that it would be important to do a certain thing, being excited about it, investing in it, trying it, and then slowly having the experience of, of it dropping off or not being able to do it every time they want to, or not being able to do it perfectly. And then the motivation goes down and eventually they just stop doing it. Mm -hmm. And that happens so often for so many people. And I think 
the core issue behind that is that they are not engaging in that spiritual practice in an atmosphere of grace and flexibility. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah, I grew up in a kind of works-based mentality uh, church experience. And I know I've gone through um, seasons with the Lord where I'm, I feel like I'm striving more. It's like checking off the list, striving, striving, striving. Mm, right. So, so I, I, but, and yet when I've, cause I've been a journaler for a long time, God just kind of backdoored me into it and I fell in love with it. But when I talk to people about it, they get overwhelmed. It's like, oh, I can't journal. I can't do that. Um, and so again, that's why I really appreciate your book. Cause you break it down into no, nuts and bolts. Like, yes, this is doable. You can do it. Um, and it is as you call, the subtitle is six weeks to build a habit that fosters spiritual and emotional maturity. So again, we're creating habits, but just like exercise, I think the example that came to me as you were saying that is if you're exercising in the wrong way, you may be getting stronger, but you may be damaging, you know, another part of your body, right? Right. So, so right. you you want the balance, and that's kind of what is in the spiritual realm, that's what your book is helping with, I think. So tell us about your journey into journaling and how this became such an important topic for you. Sure. Well, I've, um, I've journaled in on and off, but mostly on, uh, for most of my life where I was, um, kind of having my own spiritual life, you know, so Mm -hmm. from being a teenager, probably on, and I, over the course of that time, you know, that's many decades now, um, I have journaled in different ways, you know, so I, I would, you know, get told by some leader, oh, here's a prayer journal method you should use. And I would try Mm -hmm. that and do that for a while and, you know, have some benefit or not from that. And then I'd, you know, I'd read a book and, you know, be really inspired by some, you know, some theologian that I read about, you know, that that's been dead 500 years and, and be excited about what they were doing. And then I would try that. And so I have a long experience of being a journaler and trying journaling in a lot of different ways. And so from that, I just, I, I knew that there were, there were times when journaling got to the heart of things faster than anything else I'd ever experienced. Every now and then that would happen. Mm-hmm. There were times where I felt like in the process of journaling, I was not, it wasn't just me and my thoughts. It felt like in some way that was hard to name that I was not alone, that maybe God was present in that process, you know, and I felt that at times. And there were times when um, that space in the journal became, you know, sort of like a, like a trusted confidant relationship, a place where I could, you know, cry and vent and Mm -hmm. be frustrated, you know, so I've had all of these different experiences. And then also I've been a pastor now for 20, almost 27 years, I think. And in the course of that time, I've had the opportunity to sit with a lot of people who are wanting a more um, uh, relevant, immediate sense of relationship with God. They're wanting to go deeper in their spiritual life. And in the course of that time, as a leader, I've helped walk people through lots of different spiritual practices. And I've seen 
you know, what seems to stick for people and what doesn't seem to stick for mm -hmm. people. And, and then as a student, I'm, I'm kind of a, a big nerd and I like learning about how things work. And so then I began studying things like habits and habit formation. And in my own journey, I think we've talked about this in the past, you know, when I went through a season where I was dealing with a lot of emotional brokenness and depression, mm -hmm. Then I got into therapy and part of the therapeutic process was journaling, but in a different way. Right. And I, and I learned a lot about, you know, how journaling kind of aligns with the way that our brains work and the way mm. that, you know, our limbic system and the emotional uh, processing system that we have works. And so kind of all of this came together and, and led me to a place where I felt like both in my own experience and my pastoral experience and my experience as a person who's gone through a lot of inner work with therapy, journaling really surfaced as the practice that has been the most consistently transformative um, for me and for people that I've worked with um, as a pastor. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yes, it can be so powerful. And can you talk a little bit about, and, and I think what you're saying is you're melding what journaling, like, like as a psychotherapist, I would assign that for people, mm -hmm. but, but there is a difference between that and, and what we might call spiritual journaling. And yet they can kind of meet in the middle. So do you distinguish those two or do you see them as kind of the same? Well, I think, I think that in the simplest level, journaling is just a, it's a tool, right? Mm -hmm. And you can use, you can use your tool for lots of different things. You know, at the very simplest level, journaling is a tool that allows you to externalize your thoughts, mm -hmm. right? It's incredibly difficult for a brain to be able to appropriately, objectively evaluate the thoughts it's having while it's having them. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. <laughs> you know, and, uh, and that's that hamster wheel that goes around in your head right, all the time. Right? right. Our thoughts always make sense to us because the thing that makes sense is the thing that's having the thoughts. Mm -hmm. And so, and so journaling at the very simplest level is just a tool to sort of get the thoughts outside of the brain, pin mm -hmm. them down so that you can look at them. And then mm -hmm. you're doing something called metacognition. You're thinking about thinking, right? right? Which seems, it seems like a weird heavy duty word, but really metacognition is what we do in all forms of reflection, mm -hmm. right? So when, whether we're talking about uh, therapy and we're thinking about, you know, the processes, the experiences that we've had in life, or maybe dealing with trauma and how our thoughts sort of orbit those painful experiences. Well, one of the ways you deal with that is you begin to think about why do I have those thoughts and what are the patterns of those thoughts and mm -hmm. what triggers those thoughts, right? You begin to, you begin to surface that. So it's no longer unconscious. Mm -hmm. Well, that same process is also what we're doing when we do uh, spiritual reflection or meditation, right? Mm -hmm. We're, we're taking something from a, a prompt, maybe it's a verse of scripture or something that we heard in a sermon that really struck us, or, you know, we see something happen in the world around us and we get that little twinge of, you know, the spirit saying something to us. Well, when we stop and think about that, 
what did that mean to us? What might God be saying? Well, that process is the same thing. It's metacognition. We're thinking about thinking. Mm -hmm. And that's how, that's how we grow. That's how we learn and grow. And so the tool itself can be used for lots of things, which is why journaling is recommended by therapists and coaches and, mm -hmm. you know, success professionals and all kinds of people, because it's a, it's a very effective tool. But the way that I come to it is that I, I think that spirituality is the essential interior heart of who we are, the place where the real us meets the spirit of God. Mm -hmm. And in that interior place, whatever happens as we become who we are and our character develops and we interact with the world and we have relationships and we respond in whatever ways we respond, that interior core, the true us, where we stand in the presence of ultimate reality and the true God, that's, that's your interior life. And what happens in that space, I think all of it, everything that happens there is spiritual. Mm -hmm. So it's not necessarily religious, right? right? Some, people, some people have religious practices and religious traditions and religious language that helps them shape their spiritual life. But even people that don't have those things have a spiritual life. Mm -hmm. And so that's the starting point. I, mm -hmm. am, I am a Christian pastor. I'm a Jesus person. I, mm -hmm. I teach a process of spiritual growth following the way of Jesus. That's all true. But I wrote this book in a way where someone who doesn't share that tradition, that history, that set of theological ideas could still find a hospitable welcome in this process. Mm -hmm. And because it's a powerful tool, I think it will work for anybody. And, right. and I believe, quite honestly, that the Spirit of God is at work in every person, whether or not they understand that reality or even acknowledge it. Mm -hmm. Right. And hence why we are all on the spiritual path. You know, no matter, almost anybody you talk to, you can... You can find that out about their heart, no matter how it comes out. Yeah. Um, we're all seeking, looking, yearning for something that is bigger than us. Right. Yeah. But it, it, in the Christian realm and biblically, I think about Romans 12, too, to be transformed into a new person by the renewal of your mind. And um, then you will see God's pleasing, perfect will for your life. So in the journaling, it's like our minds can get... Um, refined we can see clearer what you know who we are who god is what's going on and in the world and around us and in us and then it brings god into a whole new um understanding also right so is that transformative and that i guess that's a lot of what you're talking about with the emotional uh, maturity because you know we're working out our salvation meaning dealing with the soul part of us and all of our um, parts that need the healing and redemption. So that is beautiful. Um, how is it, you talked about how it helped you personally. And, you know, we're talking about, you're, you talk about how it's so effective. And are there other ways you see it that it, it has helped people or why somebody would want to do it who might be hesitant? Well, um, as a tool, journaling has some qualities that have um, particular impact in our lives. So, so journaling at the, 
regardless of how you do it, journaling is going to mean that you are writing down words, right? Mm -hmm. So whether you're doing it by hand in a, in a blank book or whether you're doing it on a computer in a Word document or an app on your iPad or whatever, you're, you're stopping to think about whatever you're reflecting on, whether it's a spiritual prompt like scripture or something else, mm -hmm. you're stopping to think about that and you're writing down words. And mm -hmm. so be, because that's the shape of journaling, it does a few things. The first thing it does is it, it requires you to slow down, mm. right? We live in a world that right. runs at a blazing fast speed. Most of us kind of skate at that speed just because our lives require it. We're trying to make ends meet. We're trying to get everything done that we have to get done. And, and slowing down feels like a luxury that we maybe don't have time for. Mm -hmm. But the truth is that we, that, that slowed space where we can reflect on what's going on in our interior world is necessary for yes. spiritual and emotional health. Mm -hmm. And so journaling actually forces that because you're having to stop and pick words and put them in an order and write them down. And for many of us, we've not slowed down that much for any other reason. So, mm -hmm. so just at that basic level, because of the shape of the practice, journaling forces you to slow down. Right. Then we can begin to add things to that that are that that help make it more constructive. So in the process that I teach in journaling for spiritual growth, I talk about incorporating silence into the journaling process. Mm -hmm. Right? That's another thing that we live in a noisy world that's full of busyness. We don't tend to seek silence many of us and yet having a space where we're sitting and having some silence where we're not being reactive, we're not, you know, sort of inundating our mind with media uh, that's also very helpful for our emotional and spiritual and mental health. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I teach about incorporating silence as part of the journaling practice. And so, you know, it, it's going to slow you down. It's going to create a little bit of this quiet, reflective space that's necessary for, you know, for creative thinking, for spiritual reflection mm -hmm. and growth, for stronger relationship intuition, for all of these great things that are important to us as human beings. Things, but we can't get to those things by being louder or going faster. Yeah. Can you tell the world that? Could you? <laughs> I, I'm praying that God will use this book to tell the world that. How about that? Yeah. You know, because in, yeah, it's crazy. And I think about you have teenagers. I think about how much is coming at them so fast. And I, I'm thinking, wow, this would be a great thing to teach your teenagers, right? Right. Because, you know, kind of insulates them from all that's coming at them often. It's great for us adults also. Um, and before somebody panics, I do want to say you, again, you do this in bite-sized pieces. You do this in a doable form. You're not telling somebody to take an hour of their time, you know, every day. <laughs> You're, you make it doable um, yeah. in your book. So, cause I can, I can just feel a lot of people kind of panicking right now. <laughs> right. Well, that's, that's really essential, right? Because again, like I said, this, this mindset of performance or accomplishment mm -hmm. or having to do it just right actually gets in the way. Right. And so the whole book is structured to not only teach this process, but to slowly help you in very bite-sized chunks, begin mm -hmm. practicing it. So yeah. it's written 
to, I mean, you don't have to do it this way, but it's written so that for five days a week for six weeks, mm -hmm. you have a short reading and then you have a little response that, that attends to the content of that reading that you begin to work on this metacognition. You begin to think about what are you learning? What is, how does this apply to you? And over the course of the six weeks, you're actually beginning to build the shape of the habit in your life. And I coach you on how to do that and what that looks like and how to make the habit more sticky and how to do it in a way that's relevant to your particular season of life, your particular uh, level of, you know, flexible margin of time. You know, that's one thing that's really important is every spiritual practice doesn't fit every life. Mm -hmm. And the idea that you, that I might say, oh, it has to look exactly like this. Well, that might not, fit for you. It might not fit for your season. It might not fit for your current level of mental acuity or spiritual journey or whatever, right? So for this practice to last, it has to be adaptable to who you are, where you are. And so I, I give guidance on how to start small, how to start simple, how to start in a way that will fit into the context of what your life is. And I think that's a big deal because in the church, we've had a lot of people who've said, oh, here's, you know, here's a spiritual practice you must do, do this, mm -hmm, right. right? But it doesn't, that practice, the way it's taught doesn't realistically fit in most people's lives. Mm -hmm. And if it doesn't realistically fit in most people's lives, most people are not going to stick with it. Mm -hmm. So any spiritual practice to be sustainable has to be a spiritual practice that will actually fit into how your real life is. And, and so I coach you on how to do that. And it starts, you know, it starts very small. It starts in little pieces. And as you go through the process, you begin to figure out what's going to work for you. Mm -hmm. I love that. That's that flexible grace, grace-led experience. And um, you, you say in your book that God is already present in your life working for your spiritual maturity. So we're just, this is just an opportunity to discover and be in yeah. pay attention, be intentful and learn how to hear um, what God is already doing. Correct. Right. Right. Yeah. And that's a whole different, that's a whole different angle than I've got to do something in order to fill in the blank. Right. It's up to right. me. There's that finished work of Christ He's already at work and we're just discovering right. what he's up to. Right. Well, and that's another part of the slowing down because mm -hmm. I, I, you know, I think that God is present. I think that God is at work in the world and in, in we're at work in our hearts. And I think that the reason that that's not something that we're very aware of is because of how busy and how rushed we are. Right. And so the nature of journaling, the shape of the practice slowing you down, well, it actually is teaching you how to listen, mm -hmm. right? How to right. listen to what's going on in your interior spaces, how to listen, how to observe the circumstances of your life to see the hints of God's presence that you might otherwise uh, not, uh, not seen or um, mm -hmm. understood before. Mm -hmm. I love that. Well, just this morning I was journaling, kind of pouring out my heart to God. And uh, as I'm walking in here to, to uh, connect with you, he gives me this quick little glimpse of an answer from this morning. And I'm un like undone, just undone by his 
grace and mercy and um, what he showed me, you know, kind of opened my blind eyes to what he was already doing hmm. in my life. And, and it's beautiful. And, and we know, and those that have journaled or hear from the Lord, you know, or you get those aha moments, it's, it's just so edifying and encouraging and life-changing often. I mean, it could be life-changing. Right. Yeah. Um, so I like how you talk about what journaling is not. Um, so can you talk about some of those things? Sure. Uh, one of the areas that I found has been the, the most of a roadblock for people is that people, when they hear the word journaling, they have a lot of preconceived ideas of what mm. that means. Right. And they've picked those preconceived ideas up somewhere in their life. And so they hear a therapist or a pastor or coach say, hey, you should journal. It's really important. But they're imagining this other thing that they've seen. And that gets in the way because um, if you're not trying to do that particular other thing, then journaling is not going to work for you. So mm -hmm. a lot of people think of a journal as a diary. Okay, well, keeping a diary can be a wonderful practice that some people find meaningful. But that's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking mm -hmm. about documenting day mm -hmm. by day everything you've done and what you thought about it. That's a different kind of process. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't require that, right? And that frees people up to go, oh, I don't have to keep track of everything that's happening in my life. No, you don't have to. Mm -hmm. um, another roadblock is that because we mentally picture a lot of times when, when we talk about journaling, we mentally picture the process of analog journaling. So a pen or a pencil and a blank book and writing out longhand and when people have that picture in their mind, um, you're beginning to think a lot of times about like a creative person or a poet or a writer mm. or someone who's writing deep thoughts that one day, you know, after you pass away, your kids find your right. journal and they open it. And it's like this beautiful legacy document that they find. And so when people have those kinds of thoughts in their mind, if they're not setting out to do something like that, if they're not a creative person that's setting out to write poetry, then that idea becomes a hindrance because they'll feel like, well, it's not, I'm not a writer. I'm not a creative person. I don't have deep thoughts. Right. And so we have to set all that aside and go, nope, that's not what this is about. That you're not, your journal is not for other people. It's a space where you have a process that you can use to reflect on your inner life and it can be messy, it can be incoherent, it can be complicated. Why? Well, because your inner life is messy and complicated and sometimes incoherent. So, mm -hmm. so right. that will show up in your journal and you're not doing it for your kids to read. You're not doing it to create something that's publishable. That's not what this is, mm. you know? So we have to, we have to clear out that expectation. And then I think a lot of, um, you know, people who've grown up in the church immediately think of journaling as kind of this adjunct practice to Bible study. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to open the Bible. I'm going to do, you know, serious Bible study, uh, you know, with my commentaries and word studies and all that stuff. And then in my journal, I'm going to sort of, you know, track what I'm learning and my aha moments and what God's telling me. Well, mm -hmm. that process that I just described is a lovely process that is meaningful to some people, but that's also not what I'm talking about. Um, you don't need to have an hour of Bible study prior to sitting down with your journal in order for your journal to be an effective tool for spiritual growth. 
Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that you shouldn't read the scripture or spend time meditating on it. I'm just saying if you expect that the only way journaling will help you grow is if it's you just capturing thoughts that result from deep Bible study, then the only people who are ever going to journal are people who have the particular gifts and interests and skill set to do that kind of deep Bible study. And that's not everybody. Mm-hmm. So these are some of the preconceptions that people have that get in the way of starting a journaling habit because they sit down and they want to do one of these things or they think they need to do one of these things and they're intimidated. And basically, you don't have to do any of those things. You just need to set aside a little bit of time. You need to have a process that you've determined ahead of time so you're not sitting down and then thinking to yourself, oh, what am I going to journal on today? Like Mm -hmm. that, that question gets in the way, right? The idea of what am I going to journal about today is a huge hurdle. You have to Mm -hmm. have a, you have to have a process. I call it a template in the book that you've decided on ahead of time that guides the shape of your journaling. And so you just have, you have a, a little block of time, you have this template, you sit down and in, in, in that space where you start with silence you begin to reflect on what is going on in your inner life and your thoughts, if you're a religious person, about how you think God's intersecting with that. Mm-hmm. And and that's really it. Like, it's very, it's very simple. There's lots of things you can add to it. And I talk about in the book, there's ways that you can expand it and, and cover different areas of your life. But the core of it is this very simple commitment. I'm going to stop. I'm going to take a little bit of time and I'm going to reflect on my thoughts and feelings about my inner life. That's it. Mm-hmm. You know, what just came to my mind is what they teach kids. Stop, drop and roll. Mm-hmm. So this is almost like, okay, this is because I really, what you're talking about sounds like a luxury, but truly it's almost essential for our souls um, to have this kind of practice, uh, if we want to, you know, really thrive and we want to survive in this, you know, life that we're in. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, I, w- I'm not in a place where I'll say, you know, everybody has to journal in this way. Right. I don't think that's true, but I'll tell you in my experience, when I, I'm doing this regularly. I, I tend to do it in the morning. I talk about different times of day in the book and and how the doing it at different times of the day can work better or worse. I tend to journal in the morning. Mm-hmm. And what I have found over doing this many years is that when I'm in the groove of doing this regularly, it's just incontrovertible that the rest of the day, my mind is more clear. My thoughts are more organized. I'm uh, more cognizant of my own sense of the spirit may be moving in and around in my life and relationships. My, my close relationships, my family will reflect that I'm more gentle and more flexible, Mm. uh, more attentive to them. Like these are things I've witnessed over years and I, I can tell that if I, if I am getting, if I get caught up, which I do sometimes in sort of the like, oh my gosh, I've got too much to do today. I can't, I can't stop to do this. Right. Mm -hmm. And if I do that for several days, it shows up in my presence. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm less flexible. I'm more brittle. I'm, I'm, you know, more emotionally kind of 
uh, on edge, all of these things. And, and I have seen that be true for other people. Mm-hmm. So when you say that this is essential, that's how I would relate to that. I would be like, well, yes. you don't, you don't have to do this. But if you do this, these are the kinds of implications it's going to have for your life. And and having done this for a long time now, I wouldn't want to live any other way. Yes. Um, yes. It's not a have to, but it, it is a, a definite gift if you create that. And again, I like that you make it tangible and accessible and doable. And you could do it in 10, 15 minutes, or you could do it in a longer space of time. Um, and, and it sounds like what I like too, is you could use this as like a six week devotional right? and then see, you know, how God would take you from there and how it couldn't develop, um, in your life and where does it fit and et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. I, I think that, that that's the key, right? Sort of taste and see, see how Mm -hmm. it feels for you, you know, in the course of the five, in the course of the six weeks, um, if a person follows through the book, they will experience, a variety of little of different ways of journaling uh, they'll experience a very short model. And then there's a week where I actually ask them to set aside a little bit of a longer time and mm-hmm. to try some different templates that are longer. And I don't say, Hey, you have to have a 30 minute block of time, but I do say, you know, the point of this is to slow down and to reflect and you, you can start with 15 minutes if that's all you can fit in your life, mm-hmm. but that's going to limit, how deep you can go. Right. Right. And so here's how to, if you've got 15 minutes, here's how to use 15 minutes effectively, but here's Mm -hmm. what, here's what will happen to you. (laughs) If you're, if you're faithful with that 15 minutes, I think you're going to see, uh, it begin to impact your life positively. And you're going to start to feel like, Oh, this would be better if it could be 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. And then after you've done it for a while, you'll be like, Oh man, 30 minutes really feels more like the amount of time, (laughs) you know, and, and slowly over time, as this becomes integrated into your life and becomes part of how you process who you are and how you relate to God, um, it starts to feel less like something you're wedging into your busy life and, and more like something that's essential to who you want to be. And mm-hmm. at that point, you know, people find themselves journaling for an hour mm-hmm. uh, and, and not wedging it in and feeling rushed about it, but feeling like in the same way that certain people, you know, get up in the morning and go to the gym and spend an hour at the gym and they would never miss it. Right. In the same way, people who develop this habit find that it is so impactful on their on their life and their sense of themselves and their sense of peace that they don't want to miss that time. And Mm -hmm. so and so I don't start by saying, hey, you have to figure out how to carve out an hour in your life. That's not in there anywhere. It says do do this in a way that works in your real life right now. Mm -hmm. But. I suspect that if you do it and you stick with it, it's going to expand to some larger amount of time that fits in your life because to take the time to sit down and reflect, it just like, there's no microwave to this. It's a crock pot. It's a slow, it's a slow reflective process and it gets better and richer when you have space for it. Hmm. I love that. And so that's part of the habits and how it affects your mind and your body, right? That you're just, so can you talk about that a little bit more? Cause I love how you combine that with the, the biochemistry and our spiritual growth. Um, 
like the habit of doing these, what is it doing in our mind? What is it doing in our body? Well, I think that one of the key ideas that's really essential that was new to me really mm-hmm. is that is that an awful lot of what happens in our lives is really just habits. Mm. Uh, we have habits about how we structure our day. We have habits about how we protect ourselves emotionally. We have habits in in terms of how we relate to people and how we relate to conflict. Um, many of our persistent thoughts are just habits that have been built over time where our our mind is used to functioning in a certain way. And, and when something happens, those same wheels start to turn every time. Your life is made of habits. And so if you want deeper, richer relationships, if you want, um, you know, a more immediate sense of connection to God, if you want your faith to make a difference in the way that you live in the world, if you want more life-giving relationships with your kids, the truth is sitting down and reading a book, taking a class, those things are going to inform you, but they're not going to change you. What's going to change you is changing your habits. And Mm -hmm. so while journaling might not be directly related to how you parent, for instance, building a habit of journaling begins to help you make habitual certain things that will impact your parenting. So like, for instance, it it builds the habit of slowing down, Mm. which allows you to learn how to be present. And Mm -hmm. the more you know how to be present, the better you're going to be able to key into the emotional state of your kids and the better parent you're going to be. Mm. Uh, Learning how to be present helps you learn to listen. That's what you're doing in metacognition. You're thinking about, you're not just generating thoughts. You're thinking about, why did I have these thoughts? Why did I have these feelings? What, what happened in that interaction with that person? And why did it go the way that it did? You're, you're being curious about those things and curiosity is the heart of listening. And so you're building that habit and that is going to impact your parenting or your relationships or your work. Um, as a spiritual person who believes that God's at work in the world around me, journaling in the way that I, that I teach, uh, asks you to, to, be open to and begin to pay attention for the things in your life that might be the work of God, that might in some way be God nudging or shaping Mm -hmm. or inviting, right? Mm -hmm. And that learning how to see the world in that way is a habit. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. you begin, you begin to have that expectation and you begin to write every day with that expectation. That's a habit. You know, one of the elements that I include in my personal journaling, um, uh, is I always, every day that I journal, I include a segment where I spend some time writing down things I'm grateful for. Mm. That That's not something that is in the, like the main template that I suggest, but what I do suggest is that your journaling should develop around your own spiritual needs. Mm-hmm. And one of my spiritual needs is that I tend towards cynicism. Mm. And so gratitude is the medicine for that. Mm-hmm. And so I have chosen to build into my journaling that every day, no matter how I feel, I have a block of time where I just list things I'm grateful for. Well, mm-hmm. that's a habit, right? right? Beginning to see the world in a perspective of gratitude is a habit. And so all of these things, if you begin to do them and you do them 
consistently. Like not, I, again, this isn't legalistic. It's not right. every day. If you miss a day, you've ruined the whole thing. No, no. You just get back up and you come back to it when you can, right? By being consistent, you begin to build these habits. And these habits are the building block of character. And without even noticing, these little habits are going to begin to show up in those important places like your relationships or your parenting or your work. Mm-hmm. That's great. That's that's awesome. And we could break that down even biblically and all of that. There's a lot to be said in what you just shared. Um, I love, and I want to just speak to the gratitude part that I think we all need that, but it, and, and research shows that it, it truly makes you happier Yes. if, if you, um, practice gratitude. So that, so what, what else is on your heart that we haven't touched yet about this book? Anything else? Well, I, you know, it, the process is the thing that matters. In the mm. introduction, I say, I start out by saying that this is not really a book for reading. It's a book to guide you in doing. Right. And so it's really a way for a person who's interested in in this practice, who wants to try out journaling, or maybe isn't sure about journaling, but wants to try out some intentional spiritual practice. It's a way for me to partner with them directly right? Mm-hmm. They, they get to be with me in the pages of this book for a few minutes every day for six weeks. Mm-hmm. And I get to invite them in this process, share some of my life experience, give some gentle warnings about pitfalls that I've seen or experienced so that they have the best likelihood of an outcome that's really good for them. And so that's the key thing. I think, you know, some folks I, I tend to be this kind of person, will get the book and want to just read straight through it and grab the little nuggets that seem good or inspirational. And that's, you can certainly do that, but you're going to have the most benefit if you take this book, not as a book, but as a guide, as a private, a private tutor, who's mm-hmm. going to meet with you every day and walk you through this 20 minute process And if you do that over the course of six weeks, I guarantee that you're going to have a a positive outcome. You may not get to the end of six weeks and decide that you're going to be a lifelong journaler, Mm -hmm. but you will have learned a lot about your inner life and about what works for you in terms of listening and how you might want to engage that more. You will have seen things about yourself that you want to address. You might have heard from God in some ways you haven't before, which might surprise you. And at the end of that process, you're going to have an invitation then to what, what is, what's next for you. You know, Some people are going to get to the end of the six weeks and decide, I have a picture of how I can be a journaler, how journaling can be part of my life and a key spiritual practice that I'm just going to be doing for the rest of my life without stress, without legalism, without obligation, without fear that one day, you know, because I wasn't doing it right, I'm going to give it up. I'm going to just do this. Some people are going to have that outcome. Other people won't, but they will have had six weeks of learning how to listen to their interior spaces and their spiritual life, their relationship with God, their relationships with others are going to be better because of it. There you go. I love it. And I'm so grateful that you took your pen to the paper and shared your wisdom, your own personal journey and those uh, just the wisdom of walking with people throughout. I think it's going to be really 
useful resource. And so I just am grateful, Mark, and thanks for sharing with us today about it. Absolutely. It's my pleasure to, to talk with you and to talk about this. Yeah. Do you mind praying us out as we close up? Sure. Happy to do that. God who made us, Jesus who walks with us in the middle of our complicated and messy lives, Spirit who works quietly, often invisibly within us, calling us deeper, calling us to love, calling us to grow. I ask that wherever we are, as we are in this moment together, that you would help us become aware of the work that you're doing and the invitation that you have for us. Remind us that we're not alone, that even when life feels out of control, uh, we rest in your hands. And show us how we can both learn to listen well to you and love those around us. I ask all of this for everyone listening in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Mark. And before we sign off, tell us, tell the audience where they can get your book. Sure. Um, the book goes live on November 15th. And at that point, it will be available to order on pretty much all of the normal online places where you can get books, Amazon, Barnes & Noble. There's a variety of, of ebook sites that will have it, so you can get it in paperback or ebook. Um, you can also uh, find more information about the book and links to all those places on my website, uh, so www.mark, M-A-R-C, Allen, A-L-A-N, Shelsky, S-C-H-E-L-S-K-E.com, and just hit the books tab, and you'll see Journaling for Spiritual Growth there and everything that you need to know about it. Great, and I'll put that in the show notes, too. Thanks a bunch, Mark. Absolutely. Blessings to you. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Well, I hope this edified you and encouraged you to continue journaling if you already have. And if you haven't, to pick up the book for a simple but profound guide on how to begin. Mark is running a pre-order campaign. You can go to his website, which he gave you, and it's in the show notes. And under books, look for the Journaling for Spiritual Growth. Scroll down and you'll see his promotions. If you buy one copy, um, you get an invitation to his online book launch. If you buy three or more copies, you get a journaling starter pack. If you buy five or more copies, like if you're gonna do this with a group, you get a one hour personal coaching session with him, either live if he's in your area or on Zoom. So check it out and happy journaling. Talk to you soon.